You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Chen. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. Church, have you ever asked that question? Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? How often do you run into something in life that is easier said than done? Think about it. Something that sounds really good, something that would genuinely make the situation better, something that you would do if you could do it, but it's a lot easier said than done. I'll just talk to your boss and tell him what bothers you about him. How many of you that applies to you? Brother Rusty, don't raise your hand, please. <laughs> well, if you feel rushed in the morning, just start waking up earlier. <laughs> now, Brother Rusty, he's up, with, he's up before the snipers and milkmen. I don't understand him, but start exercising again. Stop eating so much sugar. I'll just fix the plumbing in your house. That's what I'm dealing with right now. Oh, how about this one? Don't overthink it. <laughs> right? Good luck with that. Well, you just can't, you just have to learn not to bring your, ho- your work home with you. Here's a big one. You ready? Hope thou in God. Sometimes that is just a lot easier said than done. Now that is not because God is not worthy of our hope. When we have lost hope in everyone and everything else in this world, we can, we must hope in God. But sometimes that's just easier said than done. Some some days, many days, there are times when hope is really hard. Our circumstances, our emotions, life would be a lot easier without emotions. But our circumstances, our emotions, our enemies make hope easier said than done. Because think about it, there's really no need for hope when all is well. You need hope when things are bad. You need hope when things are down because hope is the expectation of future good. Hope is believing that even though things aren't good now, they will be good in the future. I've done some hard things in my life. But hoping when you're hurting, that's, that's tough. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Now let me stop right here and make something abundantly clear. Without Jesus, you'll never have hope. If Jesus is not your savior, you will never have hope. You might be the most kind, the most religious, the most put together person that you know, but without him, you can do nothing. Without him, you are dying. Put your hope in man or religion or your deeds or politics or the Federal Reserve, put it in yourself. You'll find they're all shadows and dust When you need them the most, they will not be there. Ephesians 2 talks about being without Christ, and it says you are without hope 
and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, ye who were sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Stop resting your hope in things that have to rest their hope in other things. Does that make sense? Stop resting your hope on people that have to rest their hope on other people. Rest your hope on God. Amen. But what about when that's easier said than done? What about times when hope is hard? Now, that is not because of God. And we're going to learn that this morning. We overcomplicate things. Always. The next time somebody asks you, why is life so difficult? Why is so much going wrong in this world? You need to remember and you need to remind them that when God made man, he made us upright. He put us in a perfect world with a perfect home and a perfect job with one rule. And we found a way to mess it up. Sin is what made hope hard. But through it all, God has made hope possible. The writer of this psalm, who is almost certainly David, is going through a time when hope is hard. And it can be a confusing psalm when you first read it, and part of that is because it was written during a confusing time. And confusing people confuse people. Or confused people confuse people, is how I should put it. But it's not confusing at all. It's perfectly ordered. And I love how God can take a puzzle of grief and turn it into a picture of grace. Only God can do that. And certainly this man right here is extremely grieved. Look in verse 1 and 2. As the heart panteth after the water brooks, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. Notice how many times he mentions my soul. Look in verse 1, my soul. Verse 2, my soul. Verse 4, my soul. Verse 5, my soul. Verse 6, O my God, my soul. Verse 11, why art thou cast down, O my soul? In verse 1, he's talking about his inmost self. As the heart panteth after the water brook, so panteth my soul after thee, O God. My soul thirsteth for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God. Do you see his condition? Something has caused him to feel away from God. Something has caused a feeling of separation. His relationship with God is not what it should be. Now I'll be the first to admit I have often felt this way. And there have been times when it is because of a long train of poor decisions that I have made and I have lost my priority, and I have lost my focus, and then over weeks and months and parts of my life, I can say even years, finally, like the prodigal son, I come to myself. You have to come to yourself. I say, God, I feel so, so far from you. But then there are times when I come to church on a Sunday, and I hear the preaching, and I get a blessing, and I fellowship with people, and I, I just have a good day, just a really good day in the Lord, blessed communion with God, and I wake up the next morning and I feel further from him than I've ever felt from him before. Am I the only one? From a Sunday to a Monday, just 
Lord, where am I? Where are you? I don't know how long it was for him, but he wakes up one day feeling like God is nowhere near him, and he is desperate to be close to God again. This isn't just a passing desire. This isn't something that he can take or leave. It, it was a necessity. Like, like how, does he, how does he describe it? I know the answer to this question, but how many of you are hungry right now? Yeah, you are always hungry in church. But some of you in this room have found out either by choice or by force that you can go without food for a lot longer than you think. You're all right. But have you ever truly been thirsty? Thirst is infinitely worse than being hungry. If you find somebody who's been lost in the wilderness for, let's say, days, and they haven't eaten, they haven't drink, drank anything, they don't care about food. They're asking for water. He needs water. If he doesn't find water, he's going to die. And this man says, that is how I feel about God. If I do not find God, I'm done. I have to be close to him again. I must be near to him again. He was desperate. When is the last time you felt that way about God? We are so comfortable in America. Everything is given to us. Everything is handed to us on a silver platter. In a world where we could not live one second without God, we are conditioned to pay no mind to him. Why pray and trust him for our daily bread when we have our pantry packed full of it? We don't need him. And as long as you can, as long as you believe you can live without God, you will live without God. That is true. As long as you believe you can live without him, you will live without him. And he will not force him his way in. He says, I must have him again. Like a deer pants after the water, I must. My soul pants after you, oh God. I must be close to you again. He was desperate. He was distressed. Look in the first part of verse 3. My tears have been my meat day and night. All he could do was cry. He lost his appetite. How could he think about food when he was away from the Lord? He was derided. While they continually say unto me, where is thy God? Any good enemy knows how to attack when we're down. And so they did. Where's your God now? Where is your God now? Here you are desperate. Here you are distressed. I thought you were a child of God. Well, then where's your father? The wicked know that the worst thing, the worst thing that could ever happen to a child of God is to believe that we have lost his favor. And so their cruelty brings out that this is the case. And you know what I mean when I say this. There is nothing more hurtful to a child of God, there is nothing more hurtful to a Christian than when we give our enemies an opportunity to question our Heavenly Father. When a coworker comes in and says, Why are you, what's wrong with you? I thought you were a Christian. Why are you going through that? I thought, or your family calls and they mock. 
The reason you're in this problem is because you go to that church all the time. You spend too much time at that church all the time. You give too much of your money to that church all the time. And if God truly loved you, then this, 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 this. Where is your God now? We're the first ones. We're the ones who noticed I'm away from God. And here come everybody say, oh, yeah, you are. Where is he? Where is he? Friend, if we're ever feeling away from God, he's right where we left him. But our enemies are going to come and they're going to mock and they're going to believe that he left us. He was disheartened. Look in verse 4. When I remember these things, when I remember my enemies, when I remember my condition, I pour out my soul in me. For I had gone with the multitude. I went with them to the house of God with the voice of joy and praise, with a multitude that kept holy day. I want, so my name is Johnny Che. And I want to introduce you to Johnny Che's worst comforter. Johnny Che, are you not your worst comforter? And what he is doing, and when he thinks about his condition, when he thinks about how desperate he is, when he thinks about his distress, when he thinks about his enemies coming all over him, he says, my soul is poured out within me. All I can do is think about this. It's not helping. You know why? Because his condition wasn't always that way. He says, there was a time when I had gone in with the multitude. There was a time where I was close to God. There was a time where I was near to him. But now, he feels so far away. Why? Why? Why am I like this? And he's confused. What is wrong with me? What is wrong with me? Why am I so down? Why can't I get back up? Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted in me? You know how, you know how somebody asks this question? Why is my quiet gone? How many of you have asked that question recently? Why is my quiet gone? Why can't I just have rest? What's wrong with me? Hope thou in God. Come on, man. You're a Christian. You're a child of God. What's wrong with you? Things may seem bad now, but I shall yet praise him for the health of his countenance. Is, isn't he still God? Is God not God anymore? Is he gone? He knows what's happening to me. He sees my condition. He's still in control, so everything's going to be fine. You know, there are times where you just have to get to the point and say, it is what it is. Things are the way that they are. And as long as God is in control, then everything will be well. And at first he's talking about his condition, and then he's confused. Why am I going through this? Why is it so difficult to get back up again? Why is my soul cast down? Is God gone? Hope in him. And then he goes into his confidence. He says in verse 6, when I remember, when I remember these things. All I do is my soul is poured out within me. It's not helping. I am my own worst comforter. So you know what, Lord? I'm going to remember you now. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to remember who you are, not what I'm going through. I'm going to remember who you are, not who I am. Look at verse 6. Oh my God, my soul is cast down within me. It is what it is. 
Therefore will I remember thee from the land of Jordan and of the Hermonites from the hill Mizar. He's just pointing out all these places in geography. No matter where I may be, I am going to remember who you are. Good idea, right? Verse 7. Deep calleth unto deep at the noise of thy waterspouts. All thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. Yet the Lord will command his loving kindness in the daytime, and in the night his song shall be with me, and my prayer unto the God of my life. He felt like he was drowning. He was overwhelmed by his condition. Like waterspouts around him, like waves and billows that were going over his head yet he still had confidence because God was in control. Water spouts and billows and waves, yes, but they're thy water spouts and thy waves and thy billows. Even when all seems like chaos, the dawn is coming. The dawn is coming. All will be well again. I will sing again. I will pray again. God is my rock. But then look in verse 9. I will say... Unto God, my rock, why hast thou forgotten me? Oh, whoa, 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 wait. Are we following? Are we following what's going on here? Something's wrong. Something's wrong with him. He's away from the Lord. He feels like he needs to be close again. He's desperate to be close again. His enemies are all around him. He's overwhelmed by it. He's confused. He doesn't know why this is going on. Why is it so difficult? Why can't you just hope in the Lord? Isn't the Lord who he always has been? Isn't he your rock? But then, so two seconds ago, he's confident, and now it's like his condition never changed. Why hast thou forgotten me? Within two sentences, he goes from the heights of confidence to the depths of despair all over again. You know what that's called? Being human. Have you ever determined, have you ever determined in your life when you're going through a storm, Lord, I'm, I'm, I don't know why I just can't hope in you and I just can't trust in you. Why art thou cast down on my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope thou in God. God is still there even though there's water spouts and billows and waves all around me. They're his. He is in control. He's my rock. But then you stop and you say, Lord, if you're my rock, why do I feel like I'm drowning? You are my rock. You are in control. So if you are in control, then why is everything out of control? Is that wrong? Is it wrong to share your feelings with the Lord? Have you never gone from the heights of faith to the depths of fear in a moment? Especially when their enemies are still all around you. Where is he? If he's your God, if he's your hope, if he's your rock, then where is he? Why are you drowning? He's confused. Look in the second part of verse 9. Why go I mourning because the oppression of the enemy? Can you sense his frustration here? Why go I a mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? As a sword in my bones, mine enemies reproach me while they say daily unto me, Where is thy God? Have you ever had somebody in your life that is just rude, just mean, and they know what to say in order to get to you? Maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a family member, who knows. But they're, they're not your friend. And they say something to you, and you know it isn't true. And so in the moment, you just brush it off. But then it, it gets to you. 
and you think, why in the world am I letting them get to me? Consider the source here. I know who they are. I know that it's not true. Why is it bothering me so much? Why am I letting them get to me? Their, and their words are false and fake, and I know it. It should be like water off a duck's back, but it's like a sword dug into me. It's not just a little flesh wound. It's deep. It's a deep wound. Why? Why am I like this? Why art thou cast down on my soul? He asks again in verse 11, why art thou disquieted within me? Come on. Have you never felt this way? Have you never looked in the mirror? What is wrong with you? Why are you so down all the time? Why are you so discouraged? Are you not God's child? Is God dead? Why don't you just hope in him? Hope thou in God. He is your God, and I will, I, he will, what, what does he say? Hope thou in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Sometimes that's a lot easier said than done. There are times in this life when hope is hard. It seems like it would be an easy thing. Just ask yourself, is God still God? Answer, is God still God? Doesn't he see you? Doesn't he know what you're going through? Hasn't he promised to never forsake his children? then won't everything be all right? Why can't we have hope then? Why is it so difficult sometimes? Why is it so hard just to get back up and move on? There's a man named Philip Keller. He grew up in East Africa. And he was surrounded by herdsmen and shepherds. He himself was a shepherd for almost a decade. And his experience with sheep gives him incredible insight into this chapter, and especially Psalm 23. Did you know that one of the greatest dangers to sheep is they lie down and they, they lose their center of gravity, and it shifts on them, the center of gravity shifts, and they fall on their back, and their feet are up in the air, and they can't get back up again. Do you know what they call that? Do you know what you call a sheep? that's on its back and can't get back up again. It's called a cast sheep. When sheep are cast, they will kick, they will flail, they will do everything they can to get back up. Have you ever seen a cast cockroach? <laughs> we're not in East Africa, we're in Texas. There we go, now we're awake. And what is it doing? <laughs> when a sheep is when sheep are cast they're on their back and they'll do everything they can they will not be able to get back up again and David I believe David is saying here God that's what's happened to my soul my God my soul is cast down within me. No matter what I do, even though my soul thirsts after you, and it pants after you, and it's desperate to be near you again, I can't get up. Why can't I get up? What's wrong with me? 
Now, doesn't the Bible say a just man falleth seven times and riseth up again? Child, child of God, there are some times when you're going to need help. Do you know there is no sheep in the flock that is more vulnerable to attack than a cast sheep? Shepherds know that wolves, cougars, and just all types of predators, vultures, buzzards, they'll just kind of stay around the outskirts and they'll be watching. They'll watch for a sheep to become cast. And that's when they attack. Where is your God? But you know what? There's somebody else watching. There's somebody else watching for a cast sheep, and that is the shepherd. Philip Keller talks about how he would go out in the early morning to watch for his sheep, and he would look up, and he would see buzzards circling in the air. He said, whatever I was carrying, no matter what it was, no matter what I was going to do, I would drop everything and I would run out to my flock and I would count every single one. And I would make sure that all were upright and they were standing on their feet. He said, but there were many times where I was missing one. And I would run everywhere. I would run to where those, those birds were circling. I would look everywhere and sure enough, many times he would find that sheep down in a ditch with its feet up in the air. Sometimes it had been there all night. And because it had been there all night and it, its legs were up in the air, all the blood had come out of their legs. So when he would flip it over, it would just collapse over again. He said the sheep that are most likely to cast are the sheep that have just been cast recently. He said so what he would do, he would grab the sheep and he would prop it up between its legs. And he would grab each leg and rub that leg for about 10 minutes and just get the blood circulating again. And then he would go to the next one. He said he would talk to it. <laughs> he said there was one sheep in my flock that was constantly cast because it would get pregnant and it would just waddle and it would be too top heavy. He said I would talk to it and say, why do you keep doing this? Have you ever felt like when the Lord comes to you, he has to ask you that question? Why do you keep doing this? <laughs> he says, I'm glad I found you. And after a while, it would go skipping off and go and join the flock again. So on one hand, you have the sheep who's helpless on its back, kicking, flailing, immobilized, vulnerable. On the other hand, you have the shepherd and he's compassionate, he's loving, and he's kind, and he's patient. And Satan is really good at kicking us when we're down. And he's really good. He's the one who says, why do you keep doing this? You just said yesterday you were going to hope in God, and now here you are, desperate and distressed, dejected, discouraged, all those D words. Here you are again. You're a child of God, then where is he? Where's your father? He's really good at kicking us when we're down. He's really good at making us feel like when God, if God were to come to us, he's going to be done. There you are, cast down again. But what does the Bible say about our shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. In those times when it's like no matter what I do, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get back up again? Why can't I just hope? Why can't I just hope in God? Come on! Why is it so hard? You think, I don't want God to fight me this way. I want to have more faith in him. I don't get it. Just keep hoping. Sometimes hope is hard. You know what the Bible says about Jesus? He says when he finds a bruised reed, he won't break it. When he finds a smoking flax, he won't quench it. You are a child of the king. You are supposed to live in victory. You are supposed to have life and life more abundantly. But you're also a sinner. And you have flesh. And we mess up a lot. And we fall and we fall and we fall and we are foolish and foolish and foolish. And we need to change. And we must desire to change. We need to do better. Why are we going to live this life in sin when the Lord... Why are we going to continue in the sin that put our Lord on the cross? We need to change. There needs to be that desire. We should be desperate for God. For goodness sake, this, this world is dying for a light. This world is dying for a Christian just to be who we're supposed to be. But you are going to make mistakes. And you are going to fall. And the enemy is going to come and kick you while you're down. And sometimes it's going to be hard to have hope. And when you should be a tree, you're this little bruised reed that a little bit of wind would snap off. But here comes the Lord and he says, I won't break it. You should be a fire. There should be a fire in your soul. There should be a fire in your bosom to share the gospel with the world. You should walk into a room and people know that there's something different about you. Sometimes you are just barely burning. God said, I will not put you out. There are some times when hope is hard, especially when you do everything you can to get back up. It seems like you can't. Hope thou in God. It's not always easy, but it's always possible. Some of the greatest songs you will ever sing in your life will be through tears and not through smiles. He's your shepherd. He sees how you are. He knows who you are. He's coming where you are. I love that song, Lord, I cannot come to where you are. So he came to me. He's coming where you are. He's coming. When the enemy says, where is your God? You say, he's coming. He's coming. And he will, he will, he will, he will. He will restore your soul. So is he your shepherd? Is he your shepherd? 
What do you have to want? When my soul is cast out within me, he will restore your soul. Don't lose hope. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.